Hi, this is Sandy Johnson from Halloween, and you're listening to Horror Homeschool. Hello, welcome back to Horror Homeschool. I'm Chris. And I'm Ashley. How you doing, Ashley? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited for this episode. We're continuing the year of the one, covering all of the James Wan horror movies. And on this episode, we are entering into the further and starting Mm -hmm. our coverage of the Insidious franchise, starting with Insidious 1. Um, But first of all, we have some more One News. It really is the year of the one. So really um, <laughs> last time we revealed the new title for the new Insidious movie um, was Insidious the Red Door. Um, and this time the Conjuring 4 official title has been revealed. So it is called The Conjuring Last Rites. Um, so currently creepy. no release date has been revealed, but I am stoked. I'm looking forward to this film. Do you think it'll be released this year? Um, I don't think this year. I think it yeah. might be possibly next year it's coming. Because, um, like, we're immediately after, so they're, gonna... <laughs> um, they're doing the TV show immediately after, right? Yeah, I'm not sure what's coming first, whether it's the TV series oh. or... Yeah, me neither. I didn't look it the up. The new Conjuring, but I really enjoyed the last Conjuring. I thought it was sick, so... Um... Oh, I know. I loved it so much. I need to rewatch it, but it's just so scary. Yeah, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I know we will. I'm just like, <sighs> so scary. Uh, this, yeah. this season is going to be very, is a very scary season for me. It is. It's super like, spooky. The, the, James Wan, he knows. He knows. He knows, he knows how to scare people, he man. He's the master of the scares. Um, but yeah, th- those are, those Conjuring mu- movies, in my opinion, I mean, we'll get into it Um when we get into the franchise, but I think they get better as they go on. Like um, that last one was my favorite so far. Um, yeah, I really, I enjoy it. I, as weird as it seems, me and my friend Alyssa, we talk about how like sometimes we think that that of that movie is like our comfort movie because it is definitely a go-to movie like when we're all hanging out and we'll just put on The Conjuring because we all love it. <laughs> Which one? The, 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 the latest one. one or, oh, the yeah, first one. Yeah, we do the first one, okay. especially because of the Oh, right. The that scene freaks me out every time. <laughs> yes, but that's um, that's Conjuring news. Um, uh, before we go into talking about Insidious, I have an update on mine and Abby's uh, journey through the Saw franchise. Oh, my God. I was hoping you were going to talk so... about it. <laughs> <laughs> so last time we spoke, it was with Abby on the Dead Silence episode, and we were talking about how we've been 
working our way through the Saw movies for the first time. Uh, and last time I was up to five, which I really enjoyed. I think that was my favorite one so far. Um, so we've finally finished them now. We've watched all of them. We're up to date, ready for wow. Saw 10 this year. Um, so Did you even yeah, watch so Jigsaw? We, yeah, we watched all of them. Oh, so, wow. so Saw 6, I absolutely hated. Saw, I don't even remember it, to be honest. Saw, Saw 7, I absolutely loved. Which one was that uh, one? Wait, explain it. Which one was 7? Um, 7 is the one with Chester Bennington in. <laughs> when he's like the racist skinhead and he's like stuck in the car and his 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 back stuck to the seat and that trap set up to kill all his mates and he like runs over his friend's head and like oh yeah 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 okay oh 2010 oh yeah Uh, but oh that movie man i fucking loved it it was one of those it's so bad it's so batshit insane and i absolutely loved it like it was it's by far my favorite saw movie i just thought it was amazing and that opening where like it's that trap in like a shop window and like on like a storefront and all the public are like watching for some oh, reason. Oh, I know. That <laughs> was that wild. Scene, and it's that those two guys that have been like uh, having it off with this woman that's like suspended above them and they have to like choose whether to kill each other or let her die or something. Um, yeah. And it was, it's just ridiculous. It's so like cheesy and, and just like, absurd and then that scene never gets mentioned again in the whole movie <laughs> it's just in there for like no reason but yeah that movie man saw seven i, I really i almost yeah, want to do an was episode a good one. i almost want to do an episode just on that movie like skip all the rest of them and just we do could i mean because it's so good um but yeah i'll talk about that one in more depth another time hopefully but yeah so hated saw six loved saw seven hated jigsaw um, yeah jigsaw was the worst i just thought that was the biggest fuck you and middle finger to the fans like oh when i know and the twist... thing is it wasn't there was like hardly any um actual like gore or anything like that too yeah it was a it was a weird one it was very like pg-13 mm-hmm. and then they were trying to do something with obviously bring in I mean, spoilers for the Saw franchise, by the way. Um, but yeah, when, when they bring Jigsaw back and it's like, holy shit, like he's not dead. How is this possible? Is it a clone? Like what's going on here? But then they pull the rug out and they're like, haha, no, it's it's actually just this was back in time and the story of the movie hasn't been linear. And it's like, no, you can't do that. That's just that's not a twist. That's just extremely lazy and just like a, a fuck <laughs> I you to everyone watching oh I, I hated the movie um but then right i know this will come as a surprise but i loved spiral what so i was surprised by how much i liked that movie i thought it was such a great like story driven dark detective thriller it was just really good like if you Take it away from like being a saw movie. Yeah, I mean, I thought I guess. on its I own, just... it was a great movie. Like it kept me hooked all the way through. I just thought it was really well acted, directed, well paced, and I didn't guess the twist either. Like, How? I guess 
I guess the killer pretty early on, but I didn't get the motivation. Like, I, uh, but then as well, like, I, sort of, I guess the killer, but then I got distracted by other things. So I kind of forgot about it. So then by the end of it, when it came around, I was like, oh shit, it is him. So like, I don't know, it was one of those movies where like I was hooked all the way through. Like, I didn't pick up my phone once. I was like totally invested. And I also thought that, liked that Chris Rock was actually really good in it. Like, I did not expect to like him as much as I did in it. But uh, yeah, loved loved Spiral. And it's my second favorite in the franchise next to Soul 7. Wow. Um, That's some so, yeah, strong words. Top top three, I'd say, is Saw 7, Spiral, and then Saw 5. And to be honest, they're pretty much the only three Saw movies that I like. The others I didn't. But I will say that I do. I am a Saw fan after watching all of them. I, there's elements of the franchise that I do really enjoy. And I am looking forward to 10. So. Me too. Kevin will love to hear that. Yeah. Like I said before, I feel like it's it, it's gotten such a bad rap that, I mean, yes, there are a lot of gruesome things. It's very much torture porn. Not as bad as Hostel, which I refuse to watch. Sorry, mm-hmm. drunken horror ladies, but not going to well, do it. <laughs> well, if, if you haven't listened to their episode, they all hate it. They oh, slag okay. it off on yeah, the no, I haven't listened to it because I haven't watched the movie. <laughs> Yeah, you um, don't need to, really. <laughs> no, I don't, because I already know, like Kevin's told me, and I just... But um, yeah, I feel like Saw is a good movie, or a good franchise. There's dumb movies in between, you know? Yeah, there's, but, there's more, more shit than good, in my opinion, but... <laughs> yeah, but it's a fun it has, ride. It has elements in it that... you. Yeah, you're right, it's a fun ride, and it's got elements in it that, like, are enjoyable. And I can see why. I can see why people like it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's um, that's my journey with the Saw franchise. So beautiful. Yeah, it's quite appropriate, really. I mean, I had to see it through with it being James Wan season. Um, but let's carry on with what we're here to talk about today, and that is Insidious. So this movie was initially screened in Spooky Season at film festivals in Canada and Spain in 2010, and then it was released theatrically worldwide in april 2011 um it is written by 11 yeah it's, <laughs> it's written by lee winnell and directed by james one and the synopsis as follows a family looks to prevent evil spirits from trapping their comatose child in a realm called the further hmm not so sure on that synopsis but okay we'll go with it um I mean, yeah, there's not really many ways to describe it without spoiling it, I suppose. So that's okay. Uh, so there's some really cool trivia for this movie. So this movie ranks at number two in a list of the scariest horror films of all time. And I believe it. <laughs> this isn't some like bullshit Reddit or BuzzFeed list. This is an actual scientific study. So. <laughs> They base these results on the viewer's average heart rate while watching the movies. So um, it was called the Science of Scare Project, and it followed the heart rates of the 50 people across more than 100 hours of horror films to try and determine the 35 scariest films of all time. And the movies were put together from a list of like the greatest horror movies uh, based on IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, like critics, best of lists and stuff like that. 
and they screened um, each movie to a panel of 50 viewers across a variety of ages. And they were fitted with a heart rate monitor to track the heart rate throughout the film. Um, so, and then the data was like averaged out for each film. So yeah, Insidious took second place. Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to guess what took the top spot. I think, think? Um, I think I've seen this study before because the movie is um, the number one movie would be can't remember the name i've never seen it it's a modern Uh, one yeah i know it is a modern one um it's sinister sinister i was like it starts with an s i couldn't remember Mm -hmm. because i was like so you've not seen that no i haven't i always get sinister and slither for some reason mixed up i i always used to get insidious and sinister mixed up Mm. see i'd seen sinister like years ago um and then I'd thought I'd seen Insidious because it, it was that. I thought it was the same movie. So I didn't see Insidious for years because I thought I'd already seen it. Um, but I think you'd like Sinister a lot. It's very true criming and very spooky and scary. Yeah, and I that's funny because Kevin's I wouldn't call it the like... scariest film of all time, though. But... but what kind of people do they have in there, though? You know? Yeah, I mean, but I will say, though, like me and Abby discussed this when we were watching Insidious last night. Like, it does get your heart racing. So oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I I understand why Insidious is up there for sure. I mean, mainly because of the jump scares and stuff like that. A lot of the movies on this list are jump scare heavy, which explains the heart rate thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what? Uh, so what were you going to say about Kevin before? Oh, he said it wasn't that scary. Sinister. Yeah. Um, it's it's not as scary as Insidious, in my opinion, but it definitely has that like jump scare factor and creepiness. I think you'll like it. I'm you gonna check watch it, it out. soon. Yeah, yeah, it's got Ethan Hawke in it, who was actually meant to play um the role of Josh in this, but he turned really? it down. Yeah. Well, let's get into the um, trivia then. Uh, do you want to hear the rest of the movies on the list? Oh yeah, let's. let's okay, let's so play. we'll. I tell you what, I work down from 35 to well three because you know two and one so 35 is a movie that drunken horror have covered the japanese horror audition um that does have some scary moments in it uh at number 34 is get out hmm. uh number 33 is the shining 32 the omen 31 wolf creek 30, Dark Skies, 29, The Orphanage, 28, Friday the 13th, 27, Annabelle, (laughs) Uh, 26, Poltergeist, which is insane for me. That's more of a comedy. Um, 25, The Thing, 24, Alien, 23, The Blair Witch Project, 22, The Witch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 21, The Grudge. I will agree. That is a pretty scary one. Dude, that movie. <laughs> Number 20, our fave, Scream. Yes. Which To me, that's actually confusing because I don't think it's a scary movie. Uh, no pun intended. Um, but I guess I guess some people who hadn't seen it before, maybe the heart rate might increase. Um, 19, It. 18, Hush. 17, The Exorcist. 16, 28 Days Later. 15, mm. 
the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 14, Halloween. Um, 13, A Nightmare on Elm Street. At number 12, A Quiet Place. Hmm. Um, at number 11, The Ring. Yes, scary movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 10, The Visit. I've not heard or seen that. Is that the um, M. Night Shyamalan movie? I don't know what that movie is, actually. Um, at number nine, The Descent. That's scary. You watched that recently, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. Number eight, The Babadook. Yes. That is a fucking scary Bad film. Duke. <laughs> number seven, The Conjuring 2. Um, number six, It Follows. Ooh, that is a scary movie. Yeah. And number five, Paranormal Activity. Hmm. And number four, Hereditary. <gasps> <laughs> scary oh. as fuck. <gasps> um, number three, The Conjuring. Number two, Insidious. And number one, Sinister. So Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Quite quite a cool list yeah Uh, but it's funny how only four of those films are actually more than 20 years old um so the exorcist nightmare on elm street halloween texas chainsaw massacre um so they're the only four like old movies in there so i guess i guess they don't scare people anymore um yeah but our boy james wan he is the most popular individual director in that list he has three films in the top 10 um so yeah, here's the the master that man of knows horror. Terror. He does he knows how to scare the pants off you? Uh, so the rest of the trivia for this movie. So this film was shot in just three weeks on a budget of one and a half million dollars. In and it, three weeks. In three weeks, and it grossed over a hundred million dollars at the box office worldwide. You're telling <laughs> me that this movie. Was made in three weeks? In three weeks. Is... On a budget of one and a half million dollars. And it made over a hundred million dollars. So it that was one of the most profitable films of 2011. I mean... Holy mackerel, That man. movie made a shit ton of money. So... And I can see why. Because, like... I mean, I didn't see this when it came out at the cinema. But you can imagine, like, when this came out you would be recommended to everyone to go and see you. You'd be like, dude, you need to go well, to the I remember, I remember the commercials and everything when it came out, let's see, 2011. Um, let's see, 10, 11, I was married. I'm trying to figure out where I was living. But yeah, no, I remember seeing the previews and I was like, nope, not going to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> my, this is when you went into did, horror. did like some horror films, so we would watch a little bit. But when it came to like that kind of stuff, I was like, I can't do it. And, at and that the thing time. is, going to a movie theater is a whole different ball game as well. You know, to watch a horror. Oh my god! Like, if I would have um... seen this in the theaters, <laughs> I would have probably pooped my pants. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I guess that's why it was such a success. Because that can you imagine seeing this in the cinema for the first time? But... Yeah, because like it, it was probably so unsuspect. Like um. Just like people were probably like, oh, we're going to just go, you know, this movie kind of looks scary. Let's go check it out. It's mm-hmm. PG-13. No big deal. Mm. And then they watch it and they're like, well, you got to clean up in the theater. <laughs> is it, But the thing is, like, isn't that testament as well? You don't need, like, to be scared from, like, an R-rated movie. Like, 
Right, exactly. You don't, need, you don't need blood and guts. Like it just needs spookiness. That's all like, you need. A bit of suspense. Yeah, and there was and no scares. sex. There was no mm-hmm. nudity. There was no like any of that either. Like it was just like straight to the just spooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spook to the max. <laughs> um. So, although this is the first Insidious film, the subsequent sequels go back and forth in time. So this is technically the third film in chronolog in chronologic in chronologically. That's not the right word. In chronology. <laughs> so yeah. That's um, right. Yeah, I knew that. Uh next bit of trivia. So although the bride is played by a man, it was not until they started working on the sequel that the filmmakers decided that the character was actually a man dressed as a woman. Interesting. Um, and the character wasn't actually named the bride in black until the sequel. Um, they were just credited as old woman in this one. And old was creepy woman. <laughs> old creepy ass fucking woman. And <laughs> it was actually played by a different actor, Philip Friedman. Um, he played the old woman in this. And in Insidious 2 and 3, Tom Fitzpatrick played the bride in black. Um, when Dalton's sheets found covered in red handprints, it's mistaken for blood, but it's actually red lipstick from the lipstick demon. So apparently that's what all that red stuff is all over his face. He's he's black, but covers his face in red lipstick. And that mm. was uh, his, his handprints, not blood, uh, which I did not know. until I, I didn't I know either, that. but either way, just, it's still creepy. <laughs> yeah, I just thought he had a Darth Maul looking face. The, well, the was, fact that it is lipstick... That's kind of creepy. That's yeah. like puts another weird. element to it, That's... doesn't it? Because I'm just picturing it right now, getting a whole bunch of lipstick and rubbing it all over his face, and yeah, it's kind it's of like um, horrifying, like, Frances- like Francesco's uh, upcoming movie, Pretty Face, where yes, the the killer applies lipstick to the mask, which is really cool and really creepy. That is like. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the fact that lipstick is so human, and that that's, like I don't know. I, that's just funny, wild. isn't it? Because like I have this thing about humanizing the killer, and I don't really like it. But I like to think of that happening because it's creepy. Do you know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. way. I, when you see the demon like sat there at his sewing machine or whatever the fuck he's doing. Um, is, is that what he's doing? Is he sewing something? It looks like that's what he's doing, yeah. Or like I mean, preparing something. And he's got like the record player on. And at not one point am I like, oh, this is lame. He's like being humanized. But no, all of that is terrifying. Watching all of that happening is so scary. Oh. And then so. and then you have Tiny Tim playing mm-hmm. and you're just like, well, I'm going to go jump off a cliff now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, oh, we'll, we'll get more into that scene, though. We will. Um, so this film was originally going to be named The Further. Um. I prefer Insidious. I prefer Insidious, too, because I feel like... Sorry, there was some loud noise outside. Um, What was that? That was literally... That was, I think those were brakes on a truck. Oh, my God. I thought it was, like, some spooky whistle when, when he's in the further. You well, know, when the, the family were, like, whistling. I was like, what is happening here? Nope. <laughs> like, bye. <laughs> no, it's a truck outside. Uh, but, yeah, no, Insidious is just, like... 
that's a good term that like catches you you know what i mean like plus she says it in the movie i mean i know they say the further but it's at a pivotal point where she says like i can't remember the quote exactly but Lin Shay's character, she's saying mm-hmm. like, oh, so it's something more, something insidious. And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> she and, said the line in the movie. <laughs> but it's also like a, a word you don't hear very often. Yeah. Either. And you don't and the, use it either because yeah, there's exactly. not, it's such a strong term that you mm-hmm. don't like. Yeah. I don't think I've ever experienced anything that was insidious. I don't think I've ever said the word insidious in like conversation. I don't think I've ever seen ever I've ever said it in conversation either. <laughs> and the further that just blends into everything else. I mean, could you imagine like seeing that on a list or like, you know, on a movie um mm-hmm. poster or something, you know, it just Yeah, it it just blends in. And I think they made the right decision there. Insidious. It's great. Um thirty-three violins were used for the theme music. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that and you can tell that, that's a lot of violins that's a lot of loud violins that's, that's one of kevin's favorite things about it because he loves that kind of stuff he loves um just that i don't know like it's like a negative vibe when you oh, when you so, listen to it so negative but i mean we'll get into the soundtrack oh yeah we will um in 2015 there was an insidious themed maze at Universal Studios Orlando no. um, for the annual event Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, and the maze was based on the three insidious films that were released at the time. Uh, I've always wanted to go to Halloween Horror Nights. I remember I went to Florida and I wasn't aware of anything like that going on at the time. Like I wasn't really into horror, just went on a family holiday. And as I was leaving the park, all of these people were like lined up like they were closing i don't know if they were closing early but basically when they shut the park regular hours halloween horror nights begins and we were there in in october for my birthday and obviously it was halloween then so all of these people were lined up waiting to go in the park as we were leaving and i was just i remember seeing all these people lined up or like dressed in black and all like scary looking with the horror t-shirts on i was like who are these people what's going on and it was like oh this is Halloween Horror Nights thing going on. I was like, that sounds so scary. I'm so glad we're leaving. <laughs> and I was like, I think I was at like 11 years old at this point. Um, but yeah, I've always wanted to go ever since I knew about it and was into horror. I was like, I've got to go to one of those things. <laughs> that sounds dope. I would go. But yeah. I wouldn't do that maze. <laughs> yeah, mazes. Mm, yeah, there's something else. Um, so this film won two Fright Meter Awards in 2011. It won Best Horror Movie and Best Supporting Actress for Lynn Shea. Yeah. She's fantastic in this. She's fantastic. I mean, she's great in everything. Even in A Nightmare on Elm Street when she only has about 10 minutes. But she's just so good. I love her. Um, uh, so did you spot the um, jigsaw Easter egg in this? Yes, I did. I mean, it's pretty obvious i guess it's pretty um, obvious yeah Ab- abby didn't spot it but she's blind so i had to point it out rewind it so at about 30 minutes in so during the scene when josh is finishing his class and he's on the phone to his wife lying about having to stay behind um on the blackboard behind him is a little chalk drawing of billy the puppet from saw um and it's below a list of detention names and james one's name is written on there <laughs> among all the other crew members for this movie which is pretty cool um 
Brendan Fraser and Alec Baldwin were considered for the role of Josh. No. I mean, I would have liked to see Brendan Fraser do horror like I feel this. like Brendan Fraser, cool. he's just too... Too wholesome. <laughs> too wholesome. Yeah, like, I couldn't picture him... good for this shit. <laughs> I couldn't picture him being, like, that worked up and that, like, mm. scared and, and all that stuff. I don't know. I like Baldwin, maybe. He could do crazy pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm glad it was um, Patrick... Uh, what's his name? Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Yeah, Patrick yeah. hot as heck Wilson. Patrick Daddy Wilson. <laughs> a lot of people like him. Um, Wait, I side know. Have you ever seen Hard Candy? Uh, no, I've heard of it, and I've heard yeah that he, he plays a not very nice character in that. Oh no, it it's it will taint him because it's gonna be like it's really hard for me to like mm. see him as a as a good person. But it's a fantastic movie. But it's very like make you sick and you don't ever want to watch it again so no i just see patrick wilson as night owl from the watchmen movie like that's the only other thing i've seen him in i think so i'll always see I have him not watch that movie in decades i rewatched it recently because i got like the director's cut uh-huh jb's been going on about like how it's so much better than the original it's like it's just a bit longer that's all <laughs> it doesn't like it actually it's better in the theatrical version in my opinion because there's just the stuff that's doesn't really need to be in there there's also an ultimate cut which is even longer than the director's cut oh it's like, that movie's already like three days it's already long. too long yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um so yeah i mentioned earlier ethan Hawke. he turned down the role of josh lambert um and it ultimately went to patrick wilson uh but then hawk uh, later appeared in sinister in 2012 um, and there's comparisons between those two movies because obviously the titles have a negative adjective, both supernatural and produced by Jason Blum. And um, see, that's like, what I was wondering. I couldn't remember if Jason Blum was actually who I thought he was because I saw it was produced by Jason Blum, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey, Kevin, is that Jason Blum? Is that in Blumhouse?" And he was like, oh, "I'm not sure." So that that makes sense. Yeah, he is Blumhouse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very similar kind of movies, like about families and haunted houses and stuff like that. The Dad's children. never never believing and mm. so that's that. Um so this is interesting. So Jay LaRose, uh, who plays the long haired scary man in uh, in the kids' room, um, he was in Saw. He was actually in Saw Three. He was in the Chainsaw Chain Trap. Uh, at the beginning of Saw 3. Um, I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, I'm not sure. um, Something else. So numerous plot elements uh, appear to have been lifted from an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, The episode was called Ghost Boy, and it aired in July 2001, Uh, which is funny. I've literally just watched an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Um, Amazon has all the seasons mm-hmm. so we're starting right from the very beginning and watching them all because that so guy's amazingly creepy voice yeah because <laughs> actually i hadn't watched any until like the new series came out on netflix and loads of people were like dead excited about it saying oh i can't believe this is back and i was like back i didn't realize i thought it was like a new series but no it's been going since like the fucking the 90s hasn't it or the mm-hmm. 80s so um it's like a long-running 
Um, tr- it's almost like a true crime mystery thing. Um, I mean, everyone probably knows what this is, but yeah, it's great. Unsolved Mysteries, love it. Uh, really creepy theme tune as well. Mm-hmm. Something that I used to love watching uh, was a UK-based series called Strange But True. And it was that's what it reminds me of, but it was all based on like uh, sort of ghost stories that came like about the time and like it was recreations like that. Oh, I like, and yeah, those, those some, kind some of shows creepy are great. Dude, like presenting it and fr- it used to freak me the fuck out. Like as soon as I heard the theme tune come on, I would be so scared, but I'd like hide under my covers and watch it like a little bit. Like I was so scared of it. And I've recently found a few episodes on YouTube and I've been showing it to abby and it's not quite as scary as i remember it to be but it's still still fun (laughs) (laughs) um so the last bit of trivia um this is yeah this is a bit of a heavy one so in the movie um elise calls the further a world far beyond our own yet it's all around us a place without time as we know it it's a dark realm filled with the tortured souls of the dead, a place not meant for the living. Um, and because the Spanish dub couldn't really translate that, they just said El Limbo. Uh, so basically, in like theology and Christianity, Limbo is like obviously a place for all the living uh, to go who died before Jesus, and they're prevented to enter heaven until Judgment Day. Obviously, yeah. when God will kill all the human race and <clears throat> judge the living and and the dead, sending them to heaven or hell, uh, and then establish the kingdom of God. Um, yes, let's, and, let's let's deep dive into the trunk. Well, I mean, this that. is the thing. So, and, and the inhabitants of limbo also mm. includes people not in Christian faith and children and adults not baptized. Um, limbo is a Latin word that means border. I like to be in the border between the world of the living and the realm of the dead. So it's quite, in my opinion, the the idea behind the further is probably, I think, the most accurate thing that I would imagine the afterlife to be like, if that makes sense. Um, if that's how the afterlife is, I'm not happy. <laughs> putting, putting Christianity and religious stuff aside, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, But, I mean, I don't see any Christian undertones in this movie, really. No, me neither. Um, But it's it's kind of funny how it does mirror that. It's just, I feel like I've always thought, like, in my head, like, there is that world and we're kind of just, like, both living in it at the same time. But there's, like, obviously there's, like, a a veil or something yeah, keeping us from definitely. seeing each other. But yeah. I don't want to believe that that is what happens to me when I die because I want, like, what was the point? <laughs> what would be the point? <laughs> like, that would back be here, so... but it's all scary. <laughs> because, like, literally we're already in hell right now. <laughs> so then when, when I die, I'm just going to be wandering around, like, replaying, like, how I died and looking, yeah, like, it... creepy, you know, whatever, just... trying to put myself into little kids who are in comas i don't think so it's just like this but with the lights off yeah and <laughs> but, and um... smoke and fog <laughs> but yeah it's um it's creepy and i love it so 
let's get into the movie then. So, Ashley, what is your relationship with this movie? When did you first see it? And give me your initial thoughts. So, I actually first saw this, I think it was the second one. Um, yeah, I think it was the second one first. I, you I don't saw know the why. second one first? I think I saw the second or third one oh, first. Oh, no. Because, wait, wait, when did the third one come out? Um, uh, the first one's know. 2011. Yeah, it must have been the third one. Um, oh, okay. I think so. Yeah, but anyways, my f- I'm I'm trying to think of like if that spoils anything. It can't, well, it tells the backstory of well, the bride, doesn't it? Here's the deal. <laughs> so I was living with some roommates and we were watching it, but I wasn't really watching it. Like they just put it on and I was scared, so I didn't really pay attention. <laughs> so I don't really remember like what happens in the third one. So that being said, like the for the first one. I've seen parts and bits of it, um, but the first time like, I actually sat down to watch it, and for legal purposes, this is a joke, um, but I was really high, and they put that movie on, and I was talking about this yesterday with some friends. I was like, I think my brain was just like, you know what? This movie is going to be really scary, so let's just flip the switch and make it silly. <laughs> I think my brain was protecting me because when I watched it, it was goofy in my head, you know? Yeah. Um, but then I rewatched it sober recently, yesterday, and dude, that movie is so scary. <laughs> and I am so thankful that it was silly when I was high because if it was this scary when I was high, I don't know what I would have done. Like, I'm serious. Like, this movie... Like, my... I'm changed, honestly, because I was like, oh, this movie's kind of silly because of what happened. And then I'm mm-hmm. watching it. And even Kevin was like, oh, this movie just always gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there and I was like, I cannot. This movie's so scary. <laughs> it's so scary. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> I love that. I love that your opinions completely just flipped on it. Um, that's funny though that you mentioned that because at one point, also for legal purposes, um, I was high when I watched the Blair Witch Project for the first time, and that was the opposite for me. That gave me a a full panic attack, and I actually had to leave the room and lie down. Um, I I I whited. Um, that's a term. I think that's a British term, but basically like. Yeah, that I could not fuck with that when I was high. And I couldn't imagine watching any really scary horror film under the influence because, I mean, that shit will do, that'll play havoc with your heart rate. <laughs> Maybe everyone Seriously. was high when they watched their movies for that experiment. <laughs> and I think a lot of the time whenever I was watching it, whenever I was, you know, not sober, I'm pretty sure I was like in the kitchen a lot, just snacking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably Got because I was like, well, not only that, but I probably was like trying to avoid being scared because I didn't realize. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't like jump scares, but I feel like in this movie they were like necessary. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. good. They were like good. Mm-hmm. They weren't cheap. Yeah. 100%. Um, and I think that's like part of the reason too. Like, I wasn't gonna sit there and just try and get jump scared every five yeah. seconds. <laughs> That's cool. I'm I'm glad your opinions changed because um, when we first started talking to each other about uh, these franchises and I mentioned how I preferred the Insidious movies to The Conjuring and that's usually quite an unpopular opinion because The Conjuring are more popular. But yeah, to me, the Insidious ones are like 
far more scary and far more enjoyable. And just is Conjuring uh, rated R or is it PG thirteen as well? I think it's PG thirteen as well. Um, but yeah, when you told me that you didn't you didn't like the Insidious movies and you thought it was kind of like um, stage acting and like a play and you couldn't take it seriously. Yes, that's exactly like, how it was. Whatever. It's like no, it's really good. <laughs> like what? <laughs> so I'm glad to hear that your opinion's been flipped after yeah, watching it. That was, yeah, that was an unfor- unfortunate event because I mean I don't think <laughs> I was meaning to get that unso <laughs> non sober. <laughs> I was like but but again this is this goes back to like the age old thing I say it's all about how you experience a movie yes. the environment which you view it in the state you are in um you know i mean for this movie there's no other way to watch it you have to be in a dark room and um, absolutely just... not <laughs> It was daytime when we were eating breakfast. Oh my god, and you still got scared. Um, no, I I love to watch this, like, and scare me pants off by sitting in the dark. Um, but yeah, for me, uh, my relationship with it, I actually only saw it for the first time fairly recently. It was about three years ago. Um, it had been on my radar for a while, but I just didn't get around to watching it. Uh, and I was aware of the franchise, but I thought it looked a bit too Hollywood horror for me. And I don't tend to like fuck with the big budget ghost horrors um, because I'm way cooler than that. Uh, so, <laughs> but I didn't actually know that it was a low budget indie that just blew up. But yeah, so me and Abby were just browsing Netflix one night and this popped up and she actually suggested it. She hadn't seen it and she said that she fancied checking it out. And I reluctantly agreed to watch it. And I was so pleasantly surprised because it actually blew me away and scared the crap out of me. (laughs) And not many movies can do that to me. Like, and I actually had trouble sleeping the first time I saw it. Like it got to me that much. And I'd actually go so far to say that it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Like it still scares me. I've watched it four times now and it gets me every time. And there are very few movies that literally give me chills and like send a shiver through me and this is one of those like you know a horror movie has done its job when it scares you when you're viewing it and then hours later when you're trying to sleep hereditary yeah exactly like that and this one it's a completely different movie to hereditary but in the same way it stuck with me that i was actually you know, you walk around the house in the dark at night and you're Mm-mm. kind of like thinking stuff and freaking out a bit. It was, it's mm-hmm. one of those. Like, and I love movies that manage to get under my skin like this. Like, it's so good. It's the, it's, it's the gold that we hunt for as horror lovers. Like, mm-hmm. it's fun watching slashes and these goofy movies that we can enjoy. But every once in a while, we'll come across a film that will really scare us. And that's so cool. And Insidious is one of those. And, I probably sound lame because this is a very mainstream movie and there's probably a bunch of people out there that are like, oh, it's not scary. But I don't know, it's personal preference and it scares me. And as far as I'm concerned, James Wan has a checklist in this movie and he's like, right, here are all the things that scare people. Let's tick them off one by one. Seriously. You've got to to be scared by one of these at some point throughout this movie because there's so many different elements to be scared of in this and you're lying if you say that you're not scared of at least one thing that happens in this movie. That's my initial thoughts. I love it. It scares I me. I love that. Yeah. Um, 
Let's do highlights then. I mean, I've already mentioned it. I think the highlight for me, the thing I love most is the concept of this movie. Like, I love the idea of the further. It's kind of like the upside down, but it's more supernatural. Well, maybe Um, not no more horrifying, but yeah. And it's the whole afterlife thing, you know, Um, and I love, I mean, I'm fascinated with paranormal. I watch Ghost Adventures every single day without fail, at least one or two episodes of it. I'm binging them right from the very beginning. I've never actually really watched them. Man, I'm so happy to hear you say that because I'm actually making a list of the best Ghost Adventures uh, episodes I want to show you when we hang out just to scare you um because I know you'll be so scared of them. <laughs> nice because <laughs> this is real like as far as I'm concerned ghost adventures is real like they are real paranormal evidence um and it will scare you so yeah don't watch them until I, I show you <laughs> deal I won't uh but yeah so I'm fascinated with the spooky always have been like obsessed with ghosts and the supernatural so this takes that idea and brings it into like a concept and displays it in such a way that I think is both realistic and at the same time fantasy and just really enjoyable, if that makes sense. Like No, whole, for sure. The whole theory as well behind astral projection and the afterlife, I actually find that like quite of an accurate concept i think Mm -hmm. it's probably one of the most accurate ones if that makes sense like especially with um demons and the bad spirits Mm -hmm. thing like Mm -hmm. and it just makes hauntings and possessions make sense like there are demons out there that that literally all they want to do is just do harm to the living and try and puppeteer the living and make them do bad things i think that's a real thing you know throwing christianity and religious beliefs out the window it might sound ridiculous to people that don't believe in that kind of thing, but I think it's real. Yeah. And I think the idea, I mean, are they hanging out, listening to Tiny Tim, putting lipstick on their face? Probably. Probably not. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. But again, is that just an abstract concept of something that we physically can't wrap our heads around? Do you know what um, I mean? Like you yeah. see orbs on these ghost hunting shows and stuff like that, and you think, well, how are they traveling as these energy forms? Like it's such a deep thing to wrap your head around. Yeah, because when I was watching the movie, it was, like, I liked the fact that it was, like, it started off really, like, tiny stuff. Because what happens is, that's what happens. They use a little bit of their energy to do tiny stuff. And then you notice it, and you're like, hmm, that's weird. And then that gathers a little bit more energy, you know, by acknowledging that. And then, you know, more and more and, you know, like, just... And it kept on going and it kept on going. And then, like, all of a sudden they just had all this energy and were able to, like, break through because it was so, you know, like, all the stuff was happening and everybody was noticing and everybody was seeing it. Do you remember much about the sequel? No. Nothing at all? Not really, no. Oh, okay. Well, I won't mention anything then because, yeah, it ties into the first movie. Like, the sequel goes back to a lot of the things that happen in this movie that's awesome i'm excited Um, to watch the sequel oh man if you don't remember the sequel like your mind will be blown honestly because like the first time i saw it i was like what like they had this plan all along that's crazy um but yeah the the idea of the demons thing i think is super accurate and i love the idea of it but i also love the idea of the human spirits in limbo too like 
I think that would happen as well. Like, you know, that you've got the family that are obviously like they've been killed by the daughter or something, like the 1950s family. Mm-hmm. And they're just stuck in that limbo, like almost like frozen in time. Um, you know, if, if people die suddenly or if, you know, there's a an unexpected tragedy that happens, like I do believe that spirits can be trapped, you know, yeah. in that area. So I I don't know, I just really love it. I think it's dead accurate and I think that some people are able to communicate with the dead, whether it's a medium or whatever, you know, whether it's astral projection, I'm not sure. But I think, I don't know, I just love the idea of it. I find it fascinating. Yeah, I do too. And um, I don't know, I'm always talking about Kevin on here. Sorry, guys. But uh, there's this band called Between the Buried and Me, and we love this album. And the the album um, is about a man that astral projects but can't find his way home. And he was like, I wonder if this, because it was it was made like a year later or two years later or whatever. He was mm. like, I wonder if this album was inspired by this movie. I was like, I don't know, maybe because it's not, it's not something that's like talked about a lot. You know, it's not mm. something that you know people are like, oh, astral projection. What do you know about that? And you know, but I mean, I, it's like maybe we do do that. Like, what? Mm. Where do we go when we sleep? You know what I mean? Like, where do we go when we're in comas? Um, the mm. coma thing just weirds me the heck out because like there's stories of people who have gone into comas and have lived in a completely different life, like completely different. And then they come back and they're like, uh, that was fake. <laughs> but is it like, is, did they astral project into another dimension maybe, you know? Because really like, you know, you see these memes all the time. It's like, yeah, we are literally just like a meat puppet we're being puppeteered this body that we're in is just a it's just that it's just me and we're getting puppeteered by these little thoughts you know these little electric um currents running through our brain <laughs> you know and then it's like what is a soul i mean man we're getting really deep on this aren't we but do you know what i mean no like, but it, it it's it's a deep movie though you know what i mean like it mm. it it's a it's a scary spooky movie but there is a deep meaning behind it and it's mm. it's the limbo it's the what happens where do mm. you go like why are these people here like why is this happening just like and it does it's deep and it's scary because you yeah. know like i think even especially with being a kid you know because you're so much more aware of of that stuff because you haven't like shut yourself off to that stuff and um, I just felt like a lot of the stuff in there is very like things that I was scared of when I was a kid, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just a very like, I don't know, I guess if you were a kid and you imagined what would be really scary and that's what it is like, it's just like a child's nightmare, but 10 times worse. <laughs> yeah. Because it's actually got like theory and meaning behind it and it actually makes sense in a in a weird kind of way. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, I mentioned it earlier, but this movie is so scary with its visuals. Like it's just packed with tons of like really creepy and disturbing things. Like, and it's so scary for so many different reasons. Like there's something for everyone. Like I said, you're bound to be at least scared of one thing in this movie. Right. (laughs) Just ticking off that list. Something else that I love in this though, is the directing, like mentioned it earlier. James Wan is so good at scaring people without grossing you out. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need that R rating. You don't need that gore. 
he is a master at scaring the pants off you through his direction. He's and, good with tone, like the whole yeah. tone and the whole. It's just an ominous movie with the, like the negative color. I guess there's just like no, like so sat un, unsaturated, desaturated, desaturated. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's something that I picked up on last night. Like, it's so different to Dead Silence with that overly filtered blue tone mm-hmm. that you use all through it in this one he almost did the opposite and he was like right let's take out all the color and yeah. it's almost it feels really bland and then it's all desaturated but then you go into the further and that's when the contrast is it's completely different and that's when you know you're in a different world a different reality because the the visuals are so different and i love that i love the contrast between like the living and the dead world it's almost like um the corpse bride you know, where mm-hmm. the tone is so different in colour to the living, yeah. the world of the dead. I love like Beetlejuice too... as well. Oh, yeah, for real. Um, but I love, like, also that it's, like, it wasn't the house, it was the person, you know? Mm-hmm. I love um, the fact that they moved houses, and then in this house was whenever they, like, went into the further. And I love it. Yeah. I don't know what it is about, like, the same like for instance if I was going into the further and I'm living in my apartment and then I'm in the further and I'm still in my apartment but it's spooky I don't know there's just something about that just like I think Stranger Things took a lot from this yeah oh for sure yeah and I I love that I love that concept that's what I loved about Stranger Things too is just like them going into their houses but it's all it's 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 the same but it's different yeah yeah I love that but yeah, I mean, I like that idea too, where it's like this happens in real life as well, where people are haunted. You know, people mm-hmm. have attachments, people can have possessions and oppression through demons and stuff, and and it it will follow you wherever you go. Um, <laughs> special guest Gem that we had on our scary stories to tell on the pod episode on our Patreon. If people listen to that, they'll know. You know that that's happened with Gem. You know, wherever she's gone, um, these paranormal encounters happen. And it's not necessarily the house you're living in. It's attaching itself to you. <laughs> so, again, that's another really scary thing. It's not a haunted house. It's a haunted person. I know. Um, something else. Oof, yeah, go ahead. Something <laughs> else that I really like in this is the pacing. I like how it's fast and it doesn't waste any time. Like, And the scares start straight away with the opening credits like you get the flashback of, of josh as a boy in his bed and you get your first glimpse of the bride straight away and it's fucking terrifying like you just you see her outside the shadow I know. outside the window and then you think oh that's it but then this is just there standing completely still grinning at the end of a dark hallway holding a candle what? just illuminating what kind face. of opening is that like come and on. it's such a fucking scary like it's the first 10 seconds of the movie and it's like, like oh my god well <laughs> and <this it's> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, i mean that, and if that isn't terrifying enough then you get possibly the scariest title card of all time where insidious <laughs> the words insidious just fill the screen glowing red and that scary ass theme just booms out <laughs> and it is just demonic that font is demonic i don't even know if that's the right thing to say but that font just feels demonic like it's got pitchfork qualities to it hasn't it 
And then you've got that music booming out of them violins going, and it's just like, holy shit. And you think, what am I in for here? I'm already scared. It's only 10 seconds. I, could, I couldn't even imagine, like, just going to the theater and saying this. Because I would have been like, nope, that's too scary and run out. And then, and then it flips it completely. And then it's a really quiet, creepy opening credit roll, you know, with, like, pictures of the house. And it's, like, dead quiet and... You just think, fuck. <laughs> you know, it's just like the sound design and the editing is so good in this because it has that balance between the loud and the quiet. Oh, I and, know. And then absolute silence as well at times that it uses. And it's so effective. Like, it's so good. And it's and it's so stressful, too, because it's like you honestly don't really know, like, what's going to happen and where this is going. I which mean, I like... And every time I've seen it, like, I still forget where the jump scares are. And I still get scared <laughs> at all these moments. And it's it's so well made. Because, like, those are the, the, the two most crucial elements in this, I think, are, like, the cinematography and the musical score. And Perfect. They this, mix so well. They, they marry so well in this. And, you know, amazing cinematography. And just the music is just superb. The, let's talk about the score then. So... The score is so scary, it just makes the movie. Those loud strings and the, the fast violins and then the loud piano key hits. Oh, I know. It's just like, it's so scary. And I found out some mad stuff about the composer that blew my mind, even more than when I discovered exactly who Lee Winnell was. So <laughs> <laughs> this is composed by Joseph Bisherer. He also composed Insidious 2, 3, and 4, The Conjuring 1, 2, and 3, Ooh. Annabelle, and Annabelle Comes Home, Curse of La Llorona, Malignant, and Aquaman. Um, but he also plays the demons in Insidious, Annabelle he, Creation. He plays, like, act? Yeah, he, yeah, he was the lipstick-faced demon. What? Um, he was the demon in Annabelle Creation and The Conjuring 1 and 2. So he's he's a scary looking fella. Just Google him. Oh, he he looks freaky. God. What's his but, name? Um, Joseph Bishara, B I S H A R A. But this is the thing that blew my mind the most. He was also the keyboard player in Danzig. <laughs> so you know the, the singer from you know the singer from the Misfits. No, yeah, I know what Dan I know who Danzig is. Danzig, yeah. his band that he did after that. He was the what keyboard the player in Danzig. Heck? I was just like, this man oh, is a legend. Legend has many talents. This is the reason why I love doing research for the podcast because I would have never discovered that. And I hope I've blown some other people's minds. That blew my mind. That's wild. Okay. That's super cool. I'm really, isn't it? Isn't that's that cool? Dope. I love it. Um, but yeah, the, the score in this is just so effective and it just makes the jump scares that much more effective. And there are a lot of jump scares in this. Like it's almost jump scares the movie, but I think they're all appropriate and they work perfectly. Like none of them feel cheap. Like I know a lot of people will find jump scares really cheap and feel mouse. I know doesn't enjoy jump scares. Um, but this is how you do them in my opinion. I think they're great. In yes, because I know Field Mouth doesn't like jump scare movies. Is it the cheap jump scares or is it total jump scares? 
He, I don't think he enjoys the concept of them at all. He, he said that they're the equivalent of somebody um, running up to you and tickling you and saying that they're funny. Uh, if that makes sense because it's like well of course you're going to jump from a loud noise that doesn't mean that you're scared it just means you're surprised which is is the truth but i think that the way they're done in this is is very scary you know you yeah there's a ton ton of uh, jump scares for example in halloween h2o and they're all cheap shit jump scares yeah you might jump from them but you're not scared you're just surprised because of the loud noise that comes along yeah that's what i was gonna say i feel like with with insidious you get a jump scare and you don't have time to come down from that jump scare because it's actually scary because it's a demon (laughs) (laughs) but the thing is with these it's like james james uh, i know he said james gunn there james wan does such a great job of like building that sense of like dread and the suspense like the building and building and and then it happens and then he misdirects you for a little bit and then it's like you feel like you're safe and it's like no you're not there's a fucking little boy jumping out of a cupboard and it's like holy shit and you're always scared about something in this just when you think you're safe (laughs) and i love it and i love the Uh, fact that things happen during the day yes yes right outside you think you're safe Mm -hmm. that's something i'll i want to return to in a bit when we talk about favorite scenes but yeah you're absolutely right um something else i really like about this is the storyline i think it's really good amazing concept um and just genuinely creepy and it just it keeps your interest all the way through like you even when i've seen it a few times now i'm still wanting to see what happens next and i just love seeing how the whole story unfolds and how it's just a completely different take on your typical haunted house story like on the surface that's what it looks like but it's not there's more to it you know um I've got a note here as well that says I, I like the um, the song that the chick writes on the piano. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice little melody to it. And again, we we will revisit that in, in the sequel. Uh, there's more to that. Um, yeah, I actually get a little emotional when it comes into the sequel, but I don't want to spoil anything for you. <laughs> um, a shout out as well to Josh's anti-wrinkle cream. Uh, don't know if you noticed him <laughs> using that. You know, when they're getting ready for bed. Mm-mm. And he's just, like, applying the anti-wrinkle cream. And I was like, damn, like, I need to start using that shit. I mean, I've Dude. got I've got crow's feet for days. Dude, like, same. And do I, it, man. <laughs> you will not regret. Sorry to take I mean, care of your skin. I wish I would have done it 15 years ago because, yeah. geez louise. I mean, I'm rapidly approaching my 40s, and I'm feeling it. And I kind of feel like I should have prepared for this because it's happened now. And if, like, well, see it's... It, I see it's a picture of me like, tells smiling. Us. I'm like, oh my god, look at my! I'm so wrinkly now, and I I don't feel like an old man, but I look like one. So it sucks. I know, but yeah, I, I have I have crow's feet, and then right above my lips, starting to like um, wrinkle. You get a Pedro tash. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm growing this really thick mustache. <laughs> Actually, you've sent me filters with a mustache, new suit and mustache. So. It's it's bizarre, isn't it? Like yeah, I would I would like people would be like, that's weird, but it looks good. <laughs> it looks right, yeah. Um do we have any low lights about this movie? Let's talk about things we didn't like. Um what about uh, what about the acting? I mean I I, I enjoyed the acting. I thought it was I, 
good. I think that some parts of it aren't great. Um, I mean, you said it was a bit like stage acting, but you don't feel like that anymore. No, right? I don't. But I feel like the paranormal guys were a little, a little cheese. <laughs> You know, but I felt like... But that's Lee Winnell. That's actually him. So I I kind of feel like he actually... I mean, that line as well where he pulls out that figure and he's like, oh, you you should have kept it in the box. Um, You know, he's writing them lines for himself. um, So he delivers them okay. But I mean, one of the biggest issues that I have with Lee Winnell as a writer is the dialogue. Like the dialogue that he writes is not good really um and it's not well delivered but again that might be down to the the directing and maybe some of the acting but he's not the best at dialogue in my opinion lee winnell um, yeah he's, he's, re- I can he's see really that. good at stories and the concept but not good at the dialogue like it gets a bit pointless and unnecessary at times um and yeah some of the deliveries aren't good i've also got something that i'd like to like add to the podcast as a section and that's something that Abby suggested due to one of the lines in this movie. Um, we, I mean, we just burst out laughing at it. It was um, when the nurse in Dalton's bedroom is talking to the mum. And this new section I would like to title Lamest Line. So the lamest line in this movie is when the nurse says, the universe just picked a fight with the wrong chick. <laughs> I was like what why is this in here i i and thought that was really lame too the way she delivers it as the well way she delivers just, it. oh my god and then we were talking and she was like well maybe it was just the wrong actor like maybe it was the way she delivered it and i was like i don't know i think that's a terrible line but yeah in, in future i think we should try and find the lamest line that's in the movies perfect. we're talking about I love that. but that is by far the lamest line um so yeah that is that is a low light for me some of the dialogue isn't isn't very good um cinematography i mean we touched on that earlier i think it's done purposefully the way that it's desaturated for a little bit and it's quite it's quite mundane and plain looking at times but then it's flipped when we go into the further but uh i do find it a bit a bit plain at times um i actually prefer like the dead silence blue filter just kidding um (laughs) but that's about it really for low lights i think that's all I can pick at because it's pretty damn good other than those things. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. like, I don't I don't really have any lowlights, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I, I same as you, but it's like, it's just one of those movies where it's just like, oh. Yeah, all, all of the good stuff overtakes it because you're so freaked out. So let's talk about our favorite scenes then because I've got quite a few to talk about. <laughs> um, I don't even know. I I couldn't really pick one favorite scene because I have a lot of them that I really like. Mm-hmm. But one that that burned into my mind is um, that scene in the further with the 1950s family scene, and they're all frozen in place, mm. and jo- Josh is like walking around them, like some of them are sat on the couch and they're just reading the paper, frozen in place. Woman's doing the ironing. Um, by the way, the woman do the ironing. I think that's the nun. Because that looks exactly like Bonnie Aarons, who plays the nun. But I was like researching and I could not find anything online about this. She's not credited for playing that role anywhere. Mm. But I swear that is Bonnie Aarons. Someone tell me if I'm right or wrong. Uh, but yeah, that family, when they're all frozen in place, 
And then he's like, he gets really close to the woman ironing and he's like looking at her in the face and she's not moving. And then she like blinks. And then there's those jump cuts and then they're all stood up smiling. It's so fucking scary. I love it. So any scene in the fervor, I just love. I find it really scary and creepy. Um, Love the cinematography in it. Um, So let's talk about that scene then. That scene when the demon appears behind Josh. So, unfortunately, I'd had that scare spoiled for me. You probably had as well. Cause... I did, but the thing is, is, like, I couldn't remember where it was. I couldn't remember if he was standing up or sitting down. or I knew oh, I, eventually I, I was going to see it, but I couldn't yeah. remember where it was. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you know, I'm, like, I'm so, like, attention to detail with everything. I knew exactly when it was going to happen. Like, I'd seen that screen grab. I mean, it's been all over the internet for years. And as soon as that scene came on, I recognized the framing of the shot and the painting behind him. So I knew it was coming. So it didn't scare me. But it is a great scene, though, like the way that it's set up. So you get Josh's mum telling that scary story about how she saw the demon in Dalton's bedroom. And I mean, that moment when you see him in the corner pointing at Dalton in the bed is scary enough. And And then she says, I can still hear that voice. And then it goes silent, and then you see her reaction, and then it cuts to Josh with the demon behind, like, just snarling. I know, and then that's the thing. It was daytime, so you were not expecting that. But could you imagine? I mean, I'd absolutely shit my pants. If I saw that in the cinema for the first time and didn't know it was coming, you would shit your pants. Definitely. (laughs) And unfortunately, that, um, have you watched, uh, have you watched the new trailer for The Red Door, by the way? No. Okay, I won't say anything then. (laughs) I've been avoiding a lot of trailers lately. Yeah, I mean, I I like to avoid trailers for this exact reason, what I was going to go into just then, but I had to watch it because I I needed to know what it looked like. Um, But yeah, I won't go into it then. (laughs) Uh, Another awesome scene, which I love and which makes me fucking, it sends a shiver down my spine every time I see it. And it is the baby monitor scene. And it's such a such a clever, simple, but scary scene. And you just get that low whispering voice coming through the baby monitor. So you're like straining to hear it. And then you get that loud shout that happens in the music. And it's so fucking chilling. <laughs> and it's such it's almost like a cheap trick, but it works so well. I love it. And anything to do with that, the baby in that room and that scary ass goth man that comes after the baby, mm-hmm. like that is so scary. Like I think he's scarier than the lipstick face demon. Just that man, like Mm-mm, that guy was so scary. Oh, he's so scary, and that scene as well. This is Abby's. Like she shits herself every time. And to be fair, I do too. It's when he's pacing outside the window, and he's and then he just appears inside the room. And it's so fucking scary. And that loud jump scare score, it just gets me every time. So scary. It's so scary. Because, like, you're watching him walk past the window and pace. And then you watch him. That's scary enough. Okay. Yeah, that's scary enough. But then he walks onto the other side of the the room, the other direction. And then he appears on the other side. So you've been looking in the other direction. (laughs) It's so scary. Brilliantly done. Um, Obviously, another amazing scene is um, 
tiptoe through the tulips. So we get that with the little dancing boy and mm-hmm. with Lipstick Face Demon. Both amazing scenes, but that little boy dancing to the record player, that scene is so fucking scary. Because like you say, it happens in broad daylight and she's doing something that we do every day ourselves, not every day, but all the time, taking out the trash in the middle of the day. You know, we go outside our house, we, we might look back into our window as we're outside. And what's our worst fear? Seeing something fucked up through the window where you've just been. <laughs> I think Seeing that something that's time. not supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, I when I pull up, into my driveway after work and I look up into my house and look in my windows and I always dread I think oh my god imagine if I saw someone standing there when I know the house is empty (laughs) but imagine if you just saw that little Victorian boy dancing to that record player that would be fucking terrifying and then like I would nope the (laughs) heck out of there I'd be like bye burn the house down she walks past and then he disappears when she sees the other window he's gone so she goes inside and then when she's inside, he runs by and then laughs and disappears again. It's like, fuck, that's scary. And then there's a rocking horse moving on its own. And then you think, shit. So she opens opens the door. He's not there behind the door. And then the other door opens on its own. And it's just jump scare after jump scare. And then she's looking for him. And then you see the shoes underneath like that little curtain thing. And then you think it's him. But no, and you're relieved because it's just a pair of shoes and you think that's it. And then he jumps out of the cupboard above and he just runs off and it's so fucking scary. I just don't understand how calm she was. I would be yeah. <laughs> freaking out. That um, that boy is actually played by a man with dwarfism called oh, Ben wild. Wolf. He sadly passed away in 2015. Hmm. Um, also an amazing scene that gets me every time is um the the bride appearing in the photo scene like that is that gives me a chill every time again the the music and the way she's flipping through the photos and it gets closer and closer just really scary i love it um and fun fact as well the dog that josh is holding in one of the pictures is actually james wan's dog Mm. um have you got any other scenes you'd like to mention i like the scene where um the kid is like running through the house trying to get to his body and the demon's like crawling on the wall and that part was just so (laughs) scary because you don't when it gets a bit too much for me that was in like gets a bit too fantasy and ott oh i see yeah do you think it's because they showed him too much yeah i kind of feel like it gets a bit too um monster hollywood monster movie at that point do you know what i mean i mean it's scary but i prefer the subtlety scares rather than there's a fucking creature crawling on the wall like that what i a scene that i do actually really love that is almost the opposite to that is when lynn shay's character goes into the house and first realizes exactly what she's dealing with and she's just staring into that corner and nothing's there but it's her expression and the music that is so scary. It makes you so scared. Nothing's happening. You don't see anything. And then and then Specs is just like drawing like she's explaining what he looks like. Yeah, that's legs, right. She, like yeah, that's it. Arms. And she's whispering it to him. And it's so scary. And you don't see anything. There's no CGI monster or anything mm-hmm. like that. Nothing. And that is 
that's scarier to me because again it's left up to your imagination and it's about the mood that it's setting and it's so so creepy (laughs) i feel like this this movie really plays on a lot of my personal childhood fears um so there's the um that kind of just tone that dark tone for the further Mm-hmm. Which I feel like I have dreamt about before. And you're um, scared of demons. And well, yeah, very much so. Mm. But it wasn't even that. It's it's the scene too where the kid's running around in the house trying to find his body, and the demon grabs him by the leg under the bed. And I was like, oh, boy, I still get scared about that. <laughs> <laughs> running around in your house in the dark, oh, yeah. not being able to see when he's in the vast darkness. Where yeah. there's like n- absolutely emptiness, terrifying. Yeah. But then, because I had a dream once where I was like something like that, and then all of a sudden these like black cloaked figures all came out and like started like uh, surrounding me and pretty much engulfed me, and I was just like in them forever. And I was like a child when I had this dream, and I remember it. And that's Jeez. kind of what that scene reminds me of, because then all of a sudden all those people, all those ghosts and demons or whatever were coming after them and I was like <laughs> and you know what's really funny like you used to have all these really fucked up nightmares and be so scared about these things when you were a kid yet you were sheltered and you weren't exposed to anything scary like scary exactly. movies exactly. so all of these fears came from the bible <laughs> <laughs> so the bible has a lot to answer for that is the scariest book of all time it's so true. A lot of, a lot of my um, fear was because of that. Because I was mm-hmm. so, we were so, we were taught like, you know, I have rapture trauma. I have mm. demon trauma. I mean, it's like literally, you know, because you and I were around during the satanic panic era. You know, mm-hmm. um, I just remember being like just shoved my throat was shoved with just pictures of this is demon this is demonic and like it's almost like um when they try to brainwash I remember watching these videos and it was just like flashes you know what I mean like and I felt like it's just I don't know yes fight fight club like splicing the penis and they're just like (laughs) trying to make you scared yeah (laughs) but (laughs) it's just it is wild because it, it literally was not from movies. It wasn't from shows. It wasn't from from any of that stuff. It was literally yeah. from the origin. <laughs> it's it's funny because I was having a conversation with my mum about horror and stuff because she came to visit and we were having tea one night and we got on the topic of the. She was like, "Oh, what what are you doing tomorrow?" And that I was like, "Oh, I'm recording the podcast." And she just like you know, begrudgingly had to ask, oh, so what are you doing it on? You know, she's like, she's not interested, but she's just making conversation. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, she doesn't really care, but I'll just tell her anyway. And I can't remember what movie we were doing now, but then she was like, oh, aren't you scared of these movies? And I'm like, well, yes and no. Like, some of them I am and some of them I'm not. At the end of the day, like, I have fun with them. And I actually look for you know like i mentioned earlier it's like a like a treasure trove like if you find that one that you're scared of that's great and she just couldn't understand it she was just like i I just don't get it and i said look you know you you were so like you installed in me over these years like to be so scared of anything like 
where did that come from? And we went back into like her past and how she had the fear of God installed in her from like when the exorcist first came out and um, people were picketing it and like protesting it outside the cinema and mm-hmm. trying to get it banned. And like, and then in turn, like that made her scared of like, you know, fear breeds fear. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but right. really if you just opened up to these things and had a more open mind and were just, would just allow, I'm not saying let your, you know, three-year-old watch The Exorcist or anything like that, but if you were more relaxed in your approach with things and didn't say, this is evil, that's evil, I don't think you'd be as scared as much. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm probably going on a bit here, but what my point is, is like, you shouldn't really raise kids to be like terrified of these satanic things because well, it's not only that but you shouldn't just raise your kids to be so full of fear of everything because i mean yeah exactly and it wasn't well i mean nowadays like freaking had another uh shooting at a mall here in texas anyways um but it's just like i was so and like fear was just and it still is. It's it's the number one crippling thing that that literally keeps me from living my life the way that I want to. And I was just so instilled that everything was wrong. Everything was bad. Anything that you did that was outside of the realm of whatever, religion or whatever, it yeah. was evil. Yeah. And, and was, you, you were it susceptible. Really, it was really refreshing to have that conversation with Natasha recently mm-hmm. from Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey go and check it out on our Patreon um great conversation we get quite deep about religion and stuff which we do from time to time in this podcast but I liked um having that conversation with her because you know she comes from a background where she wasn't raised religiously at all she didn't have the fear of anything installed in her and yet she's actually gravitated towards religion later in life now and she's actually a glamour model. She has OnlyFans, you know, where to you, that would, that is, you've been raised to think that kind of thing is a sin and to be ashamed of your body and stuff like that. Be ashamed it, of, of that. Be ashamed that I'm a woman, that I exist. Yeah. And it's just crazy, isn't it? That like those two things don't go together with her at all. Yeah. She can have faith. She can have religion. But those, that doesn't add up to her that you know those those two things don't add up and it's it's crazy isn't it it's all about how you brought up and i'm yeah. not trying to say that we had bad upbringings or like yeah no that by any it's means just, like it's funny how the the way you're raised completely impacts like your views on what you're scared of well, and how you interact with the world as an adult uh, yeah another thing too was anything that was wrong like, um, you know, unfortunately, like, okay, so, like, if a kid had ADHD, then, like, don't give him medicine or whatever, but pray over him because it might be a demon. Or have him, you know, <laughs> spill his, his the sins. Old ADHD no, 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 this demon. is a real thing. Like, this is real. <laughs> like, but even this is kids. the same thing as, like, pray the gay away and stuff like that. It's the same thing. It's it cool. is. And the, the concept of that, like, I knew people who literally, okay, literally had, you know, cancer. And there were people in the church, well, do you have any, uh, like, sin that you need to, you need to confess? Uh <laughs> 
maybe maybe <laughs> something in your past and you know you let the demon in and that's why you're sick like like oh, literally yeah. that kind of stuff and and it's just like it's ridiculous yeah. you know it, it's, it's crazy man. harmful yeah i think at the end of the day live your life be kind to each other and don't be scared of things that are completely unnecessary <laughs> um but i mean we've gone on a mega tangent here but sorry <laughs> no well no it's that's what podcasts are for i can't remember where we're at now but mm-hmm. um <laughs> what about your favorite character in this movie um the demon <laughs> yeah lipstick yeah. face darth maul yeah, I've put, put Lynn Shay's character. I love her. Oh yeah, no, she was great. Yeah, great. for sure. She's really um, good in in just being. She's like a, I wouldn't say a scream queen. What would you say? What would her title? She's a horror. Be? She's a horror icon. Um, yeah. Okay. She's yeah. Definitely been in a lot of uh, really cool roles in horror movies. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion that she might be at the horrorcon this year that I go to. Mm. I've got everything crossed because I'd love to meet her, but I just have a feeling, you know, with Insidious coming out, and mm-hmm. I think she might be there. That'd be cool to meet her. But yeah, she she is great. Um, but one yeah, thing, just... oh, I was gonna just I have one thing more, and that's just like the fact I love the I love when movies like that don't end in a happy ending. Oh yeah, we've got to talk about that. The way it ends. That is a great ending, isn't it? Because like you think it's all over and they've done, you, you know, know he's eating spaghetti, everybody's happy. Yeah, you know, and and the thing is, is like when Josh was like doing all that, like cleaning up or whatever, and I was like, man, he's a little too calm for what just happened. Like, yeah, buddy, I would be like on the ground crying and 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 <laughs> like trying to figure out what I'm doing with the rest of my life. You know, I think that's another negative actually some of the the way the characters react in this um isn't a normal reaction again yeah. that's something i mentioned about lee winnell's writing in saw like characters don't act that way so it's it just yeah but again it's a silly spooky movie um so we shouldn't give it too much flack for that yeah. but yeah, yeah some of the reactions are very realistic um but yeah, the ending is a great ending. Um, I hate that Lynn Shay's character had to die because I loved her character in this. Mm-hmm. But it is great for that reason. You are not expecting it. And it's Mm-mm. just like, whoa, what an ending. Um, and then obviously you leave with um, Josh possessed by the bride. Um, and and you say you don't know anything. You can't remember anything about the sequel. I can't remember anything. That's brilliant. I'm so glad. So you'll almost be watching it for the first time, and I yeah, can't wait to hear your much. thoughts. That's so cool. Um, but yeah, overall thoughts with this movie, for me, it is just downright chilling. It sends shivers up my spine every time I see it. I just think it's a fantastic, spooky horror movie, um, and I recommend it to mm-hmm. all all horror fans that enjoy that kind of movie, and uh, to horror noobs and normies. Like It's a good one. It's a good entry level. Um, a good one to watch on a first date or just to scare somebody with. Um, and just just a great movie to rewatch as well. Like I would a... be furious if I went on a first date and they were like, let's watch Insidious. <laughs> and I'd never seen it before. I'd be like, I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I 
they work the opposite for you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's especially a, a spooky season favourite for me. Um, I love a haunted house movie, and this is one of those with a nice little twist. Mm-hmm. It's got tons of rewatchability, in my opinion. I love it. Mm-hmm. What about you? I love it. It's great. It's fantastic. I'm so happy I gave it a second chance. Yeah. Um, See, this is why I'm... I enjoy doing this podcast. One of the reasons is, you know, giving movies a second chance, introducing movies to each other. It's so much yeah, fun. Yeah, and it, it was it's it was literally like watching it for the first time. Excuse I love me. it because I didn't. There was like a big chunk of the movie that I did not remember at all, like the the scene that you're talking about, the or your favorite scene with the the family. Like I did not remember that, and I'm glad I did not. Remember yeah it always sticks with me i have a um a long sleeve an insidious long sleeve shout out to half tone horror um it's such a nice long sleeve and um on the sleeve is that scene of the family and it's got all their faces smiling on it (laughs) it's so good and the fact this the whistling too like that oh yeah i hate whistling like i hate whistling it's so annoying but it's also so creepy. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, so, overall, amazing. Perfect. What is, what's your favorite James Wan film so far? We've done them. Oh, man. I've got to ask it. It's a good I question. I think this one. Really? This Oversaw? One. Well, here's the deal. It's just because every movie that he, he's, he's, he does, like, it just gets better and better. You know, mm-hmm. he just gets, okay. you know, he... Sorry, I have like static. Okay, um, but yeah, I think it would be this one oversaw to be honest, because this movie yeah. like is Saw is a really good movie, but I will go back and agree with you about the more crime thriller aspect of it. Um, and then this one's spooky, you know, yeah. Insidious is spooky, and I'm I'm more of a spooky type of person than yeah, you know. So yes, this one. Same, same for me. I totally yeah. agree with that. I mean, obviously, they are getting better and better as he makes them. And yeah, for this is right up my street and Insidious, definitely for me, takes the top of the list and goes um, Insidious, Dead Silence, then Saw. Um, but yeah, Dead Silence is great. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> but yeah, we should probably wrap things up. Yeah, I know. We're like half an hour more than. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> So shout out to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Field Mouse, Nicole, Ryan, Vincent, Wade, Ash, Kyle, Oliver, Francesco, and Gina. We appreciate Thank the support. Well, then you'll know, and we hope you're enjoying all the bonus content. Um, you can support the pod too over at patreon.com slash horrorhomeschool. And you really need to give us a dollar a month and you get access to all of our bonus podcast content. Uh, we've got TV show reviews, fan film reviews, interviews with the creators of those movies. Uh, so much fun stuff up there. Um, so go and check it out. And uh, oh, we've also got our Twilight Zone review that we're starting now. We're going to do episode by episode right from the very beginning. And this is the first time watch for me. Oh, so. that, 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 you don't even understand the joy. <laughs> the so joy of this series. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, go go and check all that out. If you're enjoying what we're doing on the main show, then you can get more of us over on Patreon. Um, so next episode, we will be tackling the sequel, Insidious Chapter 2, which I'm even more excited for now, discovering that Ashley has completely forgotten it. So 
I'm very happy. Um, very terrified. <laughs> looking forward to that. Uh, so as always, you can find all of our links at horrorhomeschool.com. Links to all the platforms where you can listen to the show, our merch, socials, and the Patreon. Personal social media stuff, you can follow me on Instagram at Chris J. Wakefield. And me, underscore, Baraham Lincoln, underscore. We will be back soon with another episode. And remember, it's not the house that's haunted, it's your son. <laughs> <laughs>